0: Welcome to the Luminate Speakeasy podcast, where luminaries from across the planet share their stories of awakening. to the Luminate Speak Easy podcast. I'm Amy your host, and today I am with Katie Vessel, and Katie is a writer, she's a holistic health guide, she's a yoga student and teacher, and she's also a mother. So welcome, Katie. Thank you. Do you want to say a little bit, anything else, uh, a little bit more about who you are before we kind of dive in, um, maybe specifically around being a writer?
1: Um. Sure, I writing has been something that's been um, a big part of my life since I was very young. I grew up in a really small town. Um, and it was just kind of like like I had this relationship with writing and with books. And um, I didn't have a lot of guidance or encouragement around that, but it's something that's kind of um, ebbed and flowed throughout my life for the last couple decades. Um, and I really decided to pick it up again about a year and a half ago, and that's when I started sharing my writing um, publicly and that's really been feeling right to me so I've given that kind of like the front and center seat and purpose in my life at, at this moment anyhow yeah awesome
0: and where can if um, just just to throw it out there right at the beginning but where would people find your writing right
1: now well I've been a columnist for both um, elephant journal I am a columnist for elephant journal but I've also been a columnist for the good Men project and uh, a lot of other publications have published my writing as well but if you ever want to find just like a one-stop shop for all of my articles and podcasts such as this and other things about me you can um i would visit my website at katievessel.com yeah and we'll have I'll have the
0: link down there in the in the blog for this for this podcast but awesome okay so let's dive in we're going to um talk a little bit more about you and your just like spiritual kind of process and can you share with us an awakening experience
1: that was potent for you? I don't know that I think of, uh, I write a lot about these moments, but I don't really know that I think of anything as being, um, having been like an awakening experience. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really see it that way, but I, I did have, I think, the biggest, most powerful moment that stands out in my mind and in my memory an experience was, um, I was pregnant with my first daughter, and I was, I was in a place of, you know, transition, and I, you know, seeking all through my twenties, and just having had a lot of um, like fire and things that, you know, constantly getting in my own way, <laughs> mainly. Um, but I had a moment when I was pregnant with my first daughter, and. It was a point where, I mean, I call it my rock bottom moment. I think we might have a lot of those. But that was the point where I think I completely, completely surrendered. But what I saw then, and I had been practicing yoga for a long time and trying to get, you know, as they say, the whole thing, you know, the cliched um, getting in touch with myself and things of that nature. But what happened, I was laying on my living room floor completely isolated. I had... Um, I was in a really bad marriage. I don't think we weren't even living together at the time. And I, I couldn't run anymore. I had spent so much time running from everything with, you know, various, whatever it is that I was doing, like literally even at times, like I was a runner.
0: Cool. And,
1: um, but during that pregnancy, I couldn't run. There were, there weren't vices that I could use that I didn't really have friends that I could like cling to, um, I had friends, but they weren't I was going through such a transition that everything was in flux. But I had this moment where I was just of complete surrender. Like I I was like, I can't do this. I am messing up everything in my life. I've I've done everything. I felt at that time that I had done everything wrong. I'm like, what had I what have I done with my life, you know? Um and I had this moment where I was laying on my floor and I I remember hearing um there's like a proverb or some sort of um story, maybe you're familiar with this, with um, where they talk about a tree and how the young tree is guided by the older version of itself, mm. right? And I I believe and had been taught. And in, in that moment, I intuitively knew that there was a part of myself that could pull myself out of that moment. And I pictured myself lying on the floor with my head in, this, in the lap of the older, wiser version of myself. And this older, wiser version of myself was just kind of stroking my forehead and comforting me. In that moment and basically like pulling me through it, I almost felt, you know, not so much pulling me, but, you know, guiding me and loving me and comforting me and giving me the wisdom that I needed to come out of that moment in a very different way. And I think that that was maybe the most pivotal, pivotal time for me that really stands out. that was maybe, I don't know, five or six years ago, four or five years ago. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Hitting rock
0: bottom. (laughs) I've heard other people also, well, I mean, I can totally resonate with that. And I've heard other people too describe that as kind of like a really pivotal point in their life, this aspect of rock bottom. And I'm wondering for you, like what, what happened after that then? Like, were there certain changes or, I mean, obviously it sounds like it was a huge shift and you were pregnant also. So I mean, Mm -hmm. that in in and of itself is (laughs) a pretty huge change that was coming your way with a new baby. But, but like, how did that turning, how was that a turning point and what happened following it?
1: Well, I think, and this might come as a big surprise, and this is not something that I've actually ever written about or spoken about before, but something that I decided to do after this, I, um, I wanted something symbolic to show, you know, the universe as, as well as to, you know, devote as a part of myself to, something bigger than myself and also to myself. And I'm, I'm a cancer. So, I mean, water is a big deal to me. So I actually chose, um, to be baptized. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I don't want to, you know, I just wanted somebody who had that connection, somebody that I, I actually did trust. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not somebody that goes to church regularly or anything like that, but that was, that was a big moment for me to just be, that was my symbolic dedication to being um, the best that I could be, and to living, you know, out of a place of love for myself and service for others, and um, so 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 that's something that I chose to do. And a lot of people that I know, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was I was in a, I was in a lake, <laughs> uh, but um, that's so that, awesome. yeah I, I know. Right? So I so I did that. Um, <laughs> I did that and. I think, you know, I just really started to pay attention. I started to pay attention to what was going on around me, and I started to listen more. And I think I started to choose the way that I responded to situations rather than reacted to situations. And always coming from that place of I am responsible for my own energy, which I know that I've heard you say that before, too. And it's it's so true, you know, even... Even in a marriage that was very difficult, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to breastfeed. You know, a lot of times you hear stories about babies and mothers that are stressed out and they won't produce milk or the babies won't feed off of them. But I learned during that really hard time to have the love for myself and also through that love for myself, the love for my baby to control my energy during those times that were so unbelievably challenging that, you know, I could have just completely become an anxious wreck. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I would have before then, Mm -hmm. but I learned that that's possible and that we can really do that in almost any experience. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The power of choice is huge. Right. Um, so this, this piece of you getting baptized, I love that. And, you know, it kind of almost seems like a rite of passage or, you know, like a ritual to like symbolize, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, this shift. And that's something that kind of on like a larger scale is missing, a lot, I think in our culture, mm-hmm. especially in the United States, it's not, I mean, unless you're kind of like starting to get involved in like more maybe spiritual traditions, you know, mm-hmm. there's some more ritual that comes through, or if you're a church goer, you know, you might be involved in like a, a weekly ritual, but um, I love that piece. And I've been thinking a lot about that too, just how it's missing. And like, we have these breakthroughs all the time. We have these potent moments in our life that help like us shift either more into alignment with our truth or more onto, like, a path that serves us. But we don't necessarily celebrate them or um, create any kind of ritual that honors what, what we're leaving behind as we make that shift because we're always there's, – there's even – can be, like, a grieving process as we shift out of old ways of being and stuff. So I don't know if you've thought about that or if you have even daily rituals that you do um, because, like you said, it's not like every day that somebody – at your age is going to be like, I'm going to go get baptized right. <laughs> in a, in a lake, you know? <laughs> so, and I don't know if you, if you are religious, if that was a religious thing or, you know, it was, it was just symbolic for you and you chose that yourself, but it yeah. is missing kind of on a larger scale, like unless you're involved in a certain group. So I don't know how, do you bring ritual into your everyday life? Um, I have. I... By the way, she's holding a special crystal stone right now, so so I'm kind of <laughs> it's like, carnelian. I'm, I'm, like mm, I'm like, I'm gonna ask her about this. It's carnelian, yeah. Okay, yeah. Beautiful carnelian stone. I'll take a picture of you with that. And, and
1: I, just, I, I just, I just want to say about this about this stone that I'm holding. Um, this is the Mama Loves Me rock. Oh. Okay. So my little girl, when she she was going somewhere uh, for the weekend without me, and I gave her this rock, and I said, "This is the Mama Loves Me rock." Well, I'm holding it now, and I'm not with her, but that's something. And she's, so it's her stone, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's something that she keeps with her. And I was like, as a reminder, you know, mama loves you. And not that we should need stones to remind us, but I think, you know, at her age, it's good to have some little mm-hmm. gro- yeah, grounding piece of some, a, r- a reminder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to the ritual, uh, piece. I I don't have daily rituals. I mean, I'm pretty intuitive. I do things as they, you know, as I feel, you know, that would be a benefit to me, but I fully agree, you know, I, I have a friend that actually lives overseas, and she um, recently decided to leave her marriage, and divorce is something that I've written about a lot, um, relationships is something that I write about, about a lot, and I'm doing that also right now, but, um, and I just encouraged her, because I see so many times with, you know, myself included, and this is something that I learned, when you leave a marriage, or any relationship, or anything significant of that nature, it can be so helpful to just honor everything that it was. Like, I think a lot of times I've seen so many people in this, like, you know, in like the post-divorce culture and state. And I I have a lot of friends that are kind of in that boat right now. And, um, you know, they come out of it and I think that they're afraid to acknowledge the good that was there. They're afraid to acknowledge maybe the lover connection that was there because then there's maybe more to grieve or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's harder to look at. So they just want to, you know, Take it apart for everything that went wrong and just have this kind of bad taste in their mouth for for the, you know, from the experience moving forward. But I think like in situations like that, I think it's, you know, like Kriya Yoga, even um, conscious volitional action, you know, being, being intentional with how you're leaving something or how you're getting into something or how you are even being present in something and not thinking about it, you know, it's all, it all comes down to that. So I think ritual is a big piece of intentionality and that's kind of, you know, back to what I was doing with the baptism as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I like about ritual too is, um, it seems like there's just always a sacred energy that comes through and it's usually, at least this is for me and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but like an empowering sacred energy that's kind of comes along with, with a lot of rituals and love you know like you're kind of and that you're gonna you're honoring something you know or invoking something that's usually positive and um it's I I've never been involved in a ritual where it's like I'm pissed <laughs> you know what I mean it's not like I'm sure there are some though like the ritual like the anger ritual I don't know maybe there is something like that out there yeah um I mean, I've done things to work with my anger, but I guess I haven't thought of them as ritual, which they could be very much. But mm-hmm. um, so, in terms of relationships, because that's a, a strong topic that you've brought up a couple times that you're yes. working with right now and writing about right now. Um, and so, if, if for people that are listening right now, and you know, there could be people listening who are single, who are married, who are going through a divorce, who are separated, widowed, whatever, you know, all the different ways that we are. And, um, how about speaking specifically to the people who maybe are in that hard place, who are in a relationship that feels dead to them or feels, um, really limiting. And I mean, you spoke to this, that you were in a really bad marriage for a long time and you're divorced now. And and it sounds like you were, even when you were pregnant, you guys were separated. Um, And I don't know how everything unfolded, but I'm just wondering, um, like, is there, when you walk out of those situations, there's always like a jumpstone that you're, that you kind of walk out with. And it's maybe like something like, wow, I wish somebody would have told me that, or I wish I would have known that. And even though you have to learn it yourself, oftentimes, sometimes you learn it by hearing somebody else say it, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of touches a place inside of you and illuminates the path for you. You know, mm-hmm. so just for people listening who maybe are in that place, like what, what's a little nugget of wisdom or something that could have helped you at that time when you were like struggling with this, this, like the reality of like, I'm not happy. This is a bad marriage for me. I don't know how to get out or what's this process? Because it is a process to come to that realization, I think, and to make the decision.
1: Yeah. um Oh, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. So I think the biggest things that I've realized about um, about relationships are is this. Um, you know, I write a lot about codependency and interdependency and what is it to really stand on your own feet and not be pining for someone else to completely to complete you? You know, realizing that you are complete, and I know that that's—it sounds like a meme, but it really is true. Yeah. Um, realizing that you are complete and really loving yourself, and allowing that love for the other person to come through the love that you have for yourself, and relationships just can't—they don't work out the, uh, if we if we're not able to do that and not able to seek that connection and make that choice. Like back to the word choice, it's a choice every single day. And I think a lot of times, especially in romantic relationships, we're looking for something that we think that we don't have, but to realize that we already have everything that we need and to move forward from that place and then attract a partner from that place is going to be such a better opportunity for us than if we're just seeking and seeking and seeking and trying to find something because, you know, out of some um, need to find somebody that completes us. I know our culture, you know, teaches us that that's the case, but I mean, it's really about, you know, I wrote an article for Elephant Journal a few months back. Um, It was actually a series. It started with the article, I think it was called, um, For When You Think the Love is Gone. And I think that even people that are, you know, in a relationship that's really suffering, if you can really just go inside of yourself... And instead, you know, when you see the faults in the other person, realize that what you're seeing is likely something that you're, you know, that you see as a fault in yourself and really using a relationship as like a, an exploratory tool from, for, you know, opportunities that you can have to better love yourself. Um, that's huge. You know, like all of the things, like if I would have gone back and written down all of the things about my partner that I just couldn't stand and then, realize that a lot of those things were projections of things that I was, you know, not loving about myself and it might not be the exact same thing. I mean, it could be a variation of it, but there's something about, there's a similar energy there. And like I said, it's, it's not something, you know, we have to be, have grace for ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves for doing these things. Um, but it's, it really is an opportunity. And if you see it as an opportunity and it's a lot easier to do rather than being hard on yourself for, mm-hmm. for doing something like that again. And then just being curious, like, who are you today? You know, like we never know who somebody is fully, and you know, it's a, relationships are like a necklace. It's like a strand of moments and connecting just little pieces. You know, like with my daughters, I realize that if I even have, like, if I wake up in the morning and if I just take five minutes to just connect with them, sit with them, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not busy making breakfast and just like mm-hmm. look at them and make eye contact and just creating like a almost like you know like a strand of pearls. We have the the opportunity through the moments and through those connections in the moments to create something that's really beautiful and I think that we forget about that. We go on autopilot and you know, we we don't have those moments of real connection and that's what that's where the opportunity and beauty in relationships can really be found. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that and I love the this could be a ritual. <laughs> I'm going back to rituals, but you know, like who are you today? Mm -hmm. and taking that time to really be like, how are you? But like really authentically wanting to know. Yes. Like, and and I almost think like, instead of saying, how are you? It's like, who are you today?
1: Exactly. Because I, we're constantly changing, Mm -hmm. you know, like our, 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 I know even myself, like I, my hobbies change, my perspectives change. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you feel? Like, what do you see today? What are you, Mm -hmm. how are you see? how are you seeing today? You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, and growing in that way and just having that, like, I think curiosity is really, mm-hmm. you know, beyond self-love and loving the other through the, our, the love that we have for ourselves. Like, I think curiosity is really the glue that can, you know, tie those moments together, those strands of moments. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Curiosity. I love curiosity too. Cause it instantly, it like, you're no longer judging, it takes you out of judgment really quickly when you become curious about somebody like, oh, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this when I'm relating to this person or I'm. Sensing this, or you know, but you become curious about it instead of like instantly saying that's bad, that's good, you know, labeling it in all the ways that we label things. And yeah, this piece of like, who are you today? It would be an interesting thing to like start a movement to shift, <laughs> like, especially here in Minnesota. We're both in Minnesota. So, you know, in Minnesota, how are you today? Good. How are you today? Good. <laughs> like, it's just so habitual almost. I feel like that's like the answer you get for most people. Be so cu- it'd be so curious and interesting to be, who are you today? Mm-hmm. And just see how people would
1: respond to that. I think I might have to experiment with that and just see what happens. And gratitude is a really big piece as well. Mm -hmm. Like I think so many times, especially with marriage, I think that with marriage there's um, a lot of times maybe a bigger tendency for people to take each other for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, because because Mm -hmm. of so much of that. But I think that, you know, if you are intentional with gratitude or even have, like, an intentional gratitude practice with your partner, you know, like, oh, little things that they do. I mean, it's like, they don't have to do those things. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's just even being grateful for their... I mean, that's something that I've been learning lately in the last couple of months is just saying thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, and not making it a big deal and Mm -hmm. not, you know, but just expressing that and feeling it and having that thank you come from Mm -hmm. the really being aligned with that energy, that energy of gratitude is Mm -hmm. just, it's so important. Yeah. And shifting. I mean, I think because we can get so
0: stuck in me, me, me mode and even in relationships when you're in that kind of more of that codependent, I mean, there's probably always going to be like a little trace of that that comes out in your relationships because we're evolving and growing and learning through them. But, um, you know, it's so, me, me, me. Usually, like, and even the actions that people do towards us, it's still about me, 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 me. And and so, be able to being able to like shift our perspective and really be curious about the other person and actually interested in the other person and kind of come out of ourselves a little bit too, because mm-hmm. our inner like stories and I mean, it, we can get so wrapped up in that, and mm-hmm. it's such a like a selfish place of navigating through life from. Um, and it just is what it is, and there's times where you know. That's just how it's going to be, but it is beautiful when you can step outside yourself and really start to acknowledge somebody else and be present with them, be curious with them, be grateful yeah, for what they're offering you and they will show up so much more mm-hmm. when our energy is, is showing up that way. Exactly. You know, which is what we're really seeking when we're, I think when we're like in that selfish, like me, me, me place, we're really yeah. just wanting somebody to show up
1: Yeah. But we can't have that expectation either when we we are like, you know, thank you. Yeah. And then, well, why didn't you show up? I said, yeah hey, (laughs) come on. You were supposed to show up. I just thanked you. I'm so grateful. I said, (laughs) yeah.
0: I have one of my um, friends, he was working with a therapist for a while and I loved this practice that he, his therapist had him do, but it was like constantly, um, forgiving whenever he would kind of get caught up in those situations his inner mantra was oh I forgive this person for forgetting who they really are Mm -hmm. and I forgive myself for forgetting who I really am and I loved that um and I used that practice and I had some amazing experiences through using that it was just an inner mantra but whenever I found myself like like even the store clerk you know at a checkout like this person's rude, you know, like I'd be thinking that in my head and then I would be like, Oh, I forgive them. They forgot who they were.
1: I actually have a, I have written on my refrigerator and I read this almost every day and I don't remember who said this, but it was, it's something to the effect of, um, it's like a self, a question that, you know, I ask myself, what am I thinking or believing or seeing in this moment that is preventing me from, seeing and experiencing who this person really is Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like digging deep into the like if we are all like if you are a believer that we are all love and light at our core so what am I thinking to where I am seeing something other than that in this Mm -hmm. person despite their behaviors or their you know maybe something that they're doing why am I seeing them as something that's not Mm -hmm. you know who they really are Mm -hmm. you know because we're sheathed in this human body. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an ex—it's a curiosity thing. It is you know, a curiosity like, wh- thing. Yeah, yeah like, like where yeah. is this coming from? Yeah. I just, yeah.
0: That seems like the real key piece is that curiosity piece, mm-hmm. being able to embody that and embrace that and bring that into your day-to-day life. Um, so just, I want to ask you one more question just because it's kind of burning at my the tip of my tongue, but um, what was kind of like, what allowed you to finally say, I'm getting a divorce.
1: I'm so glad that you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am because this is a big thing and it's something that I've written about this a little bit, but, um, it's something that I'm going to be going into a lot more in depth in my book. Um, I have a a teacher that I see and, and so this was such wise advice and it's something that she says to me a lot when I see her and she, you know, this is something that I had been thinking about for a really long time. Um, And I knew that it was going to happen for a long time. But and it's it's the same way with so many other things. That this is just an an example. But she said to me, she's like, you know that you want this, but you'll know you'll also know when the time is right. So she's like, you're going to wake up one day and just know that this is what needs to happen on that day. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like and I think timing with intuition is is everything, as I know you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like if you if you think about music or like a piece of classical music. You might know all of the notes that need to be played, but the timing is so, like you think about the, like the timing of them is, is so important, you know? And it's like, it's just like, you know, I, I left a job, I had a corporate job and I left that and I was, she said the same thing to me. She's like, you're going to know, you know? And I think that a big piece of that, whenever you're leaving something or whenever you are making a big decision like that, um, and this is something that wisdom that she offered me that I've, I've used ever since is to not leave something unless you know that you're not going to leave that situation in a state of fear and lack. Mm. So I could have left, the, for instance, the marriage or the job or anything of that nature if I would have left one of those situations and been like, oh, now I don't have a job, what am I going to do? I'm not going to have any money and just being and seeing the world through that lens. Um, but it's more so about, you know, anytime that you walk away from anything – or decide that something isn't right for you. Always be looking towards, like, turning towards that, as my teacher had said, silver platter of opportunity that's awaiting you. Like, what am I moving toward? Not what am I running from? Mm-hmm. Or what am I leaving? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what am I going? And that's uh, just so many, even little things in life. Like, what, are, what am I moving toward? And having that intention of, like, what am I... Because, I, you know, like I've said before, too, like, we can stand, like, if, you know, if we're standing on, like, a, a giant compass... And you know that something isn't right for you. You know that West isn't right for you. Um, you can like, you can turn away from West and you can run all over the place. And that's kind of what I did in my, all through my 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just buzzed around. But if you know that you're turning away from West and you're moving towards what you really want and what you feel and what you're aligning with is North-Northeast... You're going to go to North, Northeast, and you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to, you know, you're going to feel drawn to that. So mm-hmm. it's like just finding that in, intention back to mm-hmm. the, being intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the timing piece, too, because I
0: really agree with that also. I feel like we can put pressure on ourselves, like, this isn't right, this isn't right, I have to make a decision, but it doesn't feel right, and you're and you're really making it from this place of urgency and fear and... Um, and it just doesn't, it's not, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think anytime, whether you're making a decision to leave something or mm-hmm. to enter something, like if you're not confident and there's, there could be excitement and fear that comes up, but there is this kind of like lock in, I feel like that happens and you're like, yep, it's the time, it's time now. And like, there's mm-hmm. a certainty in that, even though there's peripheral
1: like fears, Right. but there is like kind of the centered place that you are like you've landed exactly and that's important too like you just said there are there are fears and it's like you can know you can feel that you're ready but there might be that trepidation and it's discerning Mm -hmm. that it's just fear and that that's normal it's Mm -hmm. not the it's not that it's not the right time but Mm -hmm. it's just that fear and like learning Mm -hmm. to discern between those yeah energies and emotions yeah yeah and I think
0: um I mean if you're into astrology (laughs) I do think sometimes like the planets align in a way that like kind of like like push you along, like, easily and effortlessly. I don't know. That's been my experience, too. It's, like, after you, like, have somebody read your chart and say, well, this was transiting here, and this means this and this, and you're like, holy crap, that's, like, yeah. at the same time I did this and this, and you start to see the, like how things line up, but that's a whole other conversation. I have to interview somebody who does astrology though? Yeah, I'm not an astrology whiz by any means. So. Well, I'm
1: one that I'm one that believes that you know the stars incline; they don't decide. But we're mm-hmm. born like I'm. I am of the school of belief that we choose the exact moment and place and mm-hmm. all of that, so that all of the all of that energy is in our favor. Yeah. So that we can do what we want to do and what we came here to do in yeah. this lifetime. And so, yeah, I mean, like that. Yeah, that definitely can be helpful, but I think it's also discernment is so huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And free will. I mean, we have free will. I mean, yeah. ultimately, when you step into your full
0: power, like, you can navigate yeah. however you want. I mean, that's a powerful it's all,
1: place. So free will. Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to, um, any last words of wisdom that you want to share with the listeners to take with them today from this conversation or any big bullet point that you think that they should remember?
1: Um, no, I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I think my
0: bullet point would be, I really like just the emphasis of curiosity mm-hmm. and I love the question, who are you today mm-hmm. over how are you today? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to play with that. I think that's really, really interesting. Was there anything that you said that like, you were kind of like, oh, I, that's an, like, you know, anything that you, that you spoke out or spoke of that
1: yeah that was probably one of them they'll come to me later like yeah. these things always just come out and I'm like oh I don't I just learned something yeah <laughs> I know myself. I know and you're just like talking and you're like oh okay like all this great stuff
0: well I think you shared a ton of awesome things and if you are listening and have something that you want to you can always comment on the on the post too and let us know what what stood out for you and, um, yeah, I think that we're going to wrap it up here. So thank you so much for sharing yes. all of that with us today thanks, and, um, be sure to check out katyvessel.com and see what she's writing about out there in the world. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.